0: Welcome, TTB community. I am Bob Domena, and here with me, as always, is the pragmatic Elliot Shibley. Uh, Elliot, what do we have going on? I like pragmatic. You I are. Think a good descriptor. You are very pragmatic, and it's perfect. It's a. It makes for a perfect relationship.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. It does. It does. We're we're good together. We are a little bromance um, brewing. Yeah. But before we get into the show, and as much as I love Bob, I want to take a moment to thank all of you listening. Uh, We really have enjoyed building this podcast over the past few months, and we hope to continue to build it with you. So as much fun as it is talking to others and about ourselves, we really want to learn a little bit more about you and what you like about the show, what you want to hear in future episodes, because Bob and I can only come up with so many ideas, and we're just kind of figuring out what you guys want. So that's why it would mean a lot to us if you reached out via email and maybe let us know where in the world you're from, and maybe give us some insight on who you are and why you love to travel, or if you aren't travel, why you want to travel. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please shoot us an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com, and we are looking forward to learning about you.
0: Very well said. So in addition to that, we recently began collaborating with Aldison from Minivan of Memories. You may remember him from a previous episode where we talked about how he came to create this platform with the intentions of helping other like-minded travelers uh, share their travel stories. So he breaks them down into adventurers, dreamers, and explorers, and you get a wide variety of travelers from around the world sharing their trips you know, from around the world. So in addition to that, we highly recommend that you take the time to sign up on his website and contribute your own travel story. His platform is great for the average traveler, you know, who is looking to connect and share their experiences with like-minded people. It it's also a really good way to build upon your own writing and blogging skills. So I, I I actually posted my own travel story that you can check out. It's from you know when I went to Hawaii with my wife on our baby moon and we had to deal with a volcano. Check it out. Uh, you'll and an idea. earthquake. And and an earthquake, yeah. And you'll get an idea of how he f- likes to format his blog posts. And it's just a really cool way to share your own experiences and how you recommend it. It was, it was fun writing it. Um, so okay. go check it out. His website is minivanofmemories.com and he has an Instagram page, minivanofmemories.
1: Yeah, and it's really nice if you just want to just throw something on without having to create your own website or WordPress or do anything like that. It's
0: like less than 500 words, right? It, it was 400 words. So there's a like, 400. Yeah. I had a cap there and it, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a really neat thing to relive it and write it up for them and then, and then post it for everybody to see. I enjoyed it and I'm going to be writing up more of them in the future. Yeah.
1: All right. And now we'll have a word from spaceship loans. Are you tired of steaming milk? Being a barista, deferring on your student loans. Do you wish you could beat Elon Musk to the moon? Look no further than Spaceship Loans. Our program allows you to lease a spaceship for 18 months, no money down, so that one day you'll have a spaceship of your own, complete with Pinterest set up living room that has modern decor and your own golden retriever that you can take care of and put on Instagram for at least the next five months until you get bored and realize that you're paying too much for dog food. It's time that you became the millennial that you always dreamed of being.
0: It's time to feel the G's with spaceship loans. So. <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to get a spaceship I, loan? It, it, it does. It does. And I like hope that's the last frontier is like, outer space. For every spaceship sold, we better be getting a nice chunk of change for that. I hope. I hope that's the case here.
1: We actually just get a piece of Mars rock.
0: Pretty cool. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll get paid. Yeah, we'll get paid in Mars rocks. Um, All right. Today's guest. So today's guest has been a a friend of mine for a very long time. And I'm not going to bore you with the details of our friendship. However, I do want to preface this episode by saying that her and I have had a very friendly rivalry going on regarding the type of trips we like to take. So as you all know, I'm a very avid world traveler or at least i am aspiring to be one our next guest however does not share the same enthusiasm with world travel as i do rather she much prefers her family trips to be in the self-proclaimed magical most magical place on earth i think that's what they self-proclaim right yes kind of like us yes yeah we're the most magical
1: podcast on earth
0: yeah no everybody claims that um (laughs) So, well, all right. Anyway, her and I have been bumping heads on this for a long time, and we thought it would be a good idea to get her on the podcast and discuss Disney World. So on this episode, we, we get into the planning, we get into the logistics, but we really also discuss the significance of the trip and being in Disney, and it even gets a little bit deep. So without further introduction, please give it up for our next guest, Brianna Driscoll. Welcome to The Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Hey, Brianna, and welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me.
0: So we've been friends for a long time, and one of the things that we continue to butt heads on is where to spend the ideal vacation. I like to travel abroad. You very much like to go to Disney, and so now here we are to have you potentially convince me why I should go to Disney?
2: Yes, uh, I. This is not going to be an easy feat, but I will try. Um, you. How many times have you been to Disney?
0: I've been. This, I've been to Disney three times. So I went when I was five years old, which I don't remember too well. I went as a senior in high school for my senior trip, and which was awesome. I had an incredible time there. And then I went when I met you. Actually, I was I was traveling in Florida for work. I was in the Orlando area, and I met you. You actually let me stay in your hotel for the night. And then we went to Animal Kingdom the next day, which was, I had a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Um, So I actually went for the first time when I was 17 um, for my class trip. Also, Um, my family was not big on the going vacations. We were too big of a family to afford that. So when I first went, I, you know, of course, thought it was awesome. You see all the movies that you grew up on and, you know, all those things in real life basically like right before your eyes. So, um, you know, I enjoyed it. I've gone a couple times, you know, just on an adult trip, but then I've also gone now with my daughter and will bring my, my baby who was just born. So, you know, I think that that's a whole different experience. And I feel like at this point, um, I like that experience even more than when it was just me as an adult. Um, and I think what's different about our generation is that we did grow up on Disney movies and whatnot and um, being able to share that with my daughter and and enjoy that together has made it even better of an experience for for me
0: right yeah well I, I definitely feel the pressure now to go to Disney more than I ever had now that I have a daughter because it's coming from everywhere you know I'm not the only one that's I don't want to say that I'm against it, but I'm not the only one – or I, I'm you're not the only one that I've said that I don't want to go to. But I think that I'm slowly being worn down, and I think we set a date, right? We'll go in 10 years um, when she's 10. So I guess what I really want to do is get into the logistics because a lot of people – it's a very large task to figure out Disney, and there are so many ways to do it with the rides and flights and the logistics of in, when you're in the park, which parts to go to. So I really would like to just break this down and maybe, maybe minimize each scope and figure it out that way.
2: I mean, I'll I'll say this. I've read that um, you could go to Disney for 100 days straight and still find it hard to get everything done that they have. I mean, it's Disney World for a reason. There's so many things to do, and I feel like that is what's cool about it and change your experience every time. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Disney, when I'm planning a trip, there's, you know, a number of things I look at obviously flight um resort dining tickets and um you know that those are the things that i feel like you have to focus on um
0: well, wait so can you can you tell me about the parks there are several, several parks right yes. so can you break those down first and then kind of give me an idea of the characteristics of each one
2: yeah so obviously the main one is magic kingdom that's your cinderella castle you know that whole thing and then Um, There's Animal Kingdom, which is the newest park, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios. Um, So basically, Magic Kingdom is your most family friendly. It's the most rides that have no like height requirement. Um, You know, there's your few thrill rides like the Splash Mountain, all the mountains, Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain. But you're going to find the most that you can do with like young children, which is basically where I'm at. You know, my four year old can go on a lot of you know rides in that park at at right now. Um you have your more of like a throw ride at Hollywood Studios um and Animal Kingdom um but I just feel like they're all very diverse in what you can do and they're for all different ages there's shows so I mean each park in its own right you can go and enjoy and find something for everyone.
0: Do you have a favorite park?
2: Oh gosh, that's a loaded question. Um <laughs> I feel like I mean, Magic Kingdom is magic. I mean, there's all these lands and they have shows and there's, I mean, that's, I feel like watching fireworks at the end of the night behind Cinderella's castle. I mean, that's your like staple, I feel. So I feel like if I had to say that would be my favorite, but I mean, Animal Kingdom's awesome. They're all awesome. Um, And then of course there's the water parks. There's two water parks and they're pretty awesome too
1: what what are the two water parks blizzard beach and
2: and typhoon lagoon
1: typhoon lagoon yeah okay
2: so yeah I mean blizzard beach they have um they have that uh summit plummet, which is like you know the really tall water slide that I feel like draws people to it um
0: so if I wanted to do every park, how many days would I have to plan disney so a hundred <laughs>
2: A hundred days. To truly get Jeez. the experience. No, I we've done long weekends, like a Friday to Monday, and we're able to hit every park. Um, I mean, at this point, if you're going for your first time, I mean, and you want to try and get the most out of it, I would say six or seven days. But I mean, if you know what you like and you've been there and you just want to do the things that, you know, for your family that are, you know, you enjoy, I would say four or five days. For we've done four days and we've been able to hit every park and see most of what we want to see. All
0: right. Now, for me, I would need to start from scratch. And I do enjoy planning trips. I just – I don't even know where I would re- begin necessarily. And I guess you would figure out which parks you want to go to based on the age of your child or, you know, if you don't have a child, maybe you can skip a, a few parks. But is there an order to the parks that you should go and then – once you're in the parks, I feel like, you know, we can get to this later, but once you're in the parks, I'm curious to know how you set up your schedule, uh, you know, on, on how you address the rides. Do you, do you go a certain (laughs) way through the park? I I
2: have a lot, I I have a lot, I have Um, a lot of questions. So Disney does this really good thing where they have, they, you can build your itinerary on their website. Um, it's called my Disney experience and it kind of, takes you like step by step of everything that you need to book or things that you can do ahead of time like dining reservations or fast pass which is I you need to use them if you want to get on if you're wanting to get on you know certain rides that are pretty popular um,
0: what is fastpass
2: fast pass it you have three per day per park so um, if you're there for four days um, 60 days before your arrival you can if you're staying on site um 30 days if you're not you can go pick uh, three fast passes for three different rides or attractions of your choice. Um, I personally, just from being there or just doing um, doing some research myself, you use them on the most popular rides. So you don't have to wait in line for 120 minutes, you know, what have you. Some, the lines get very long. So, you know, if, for example, Pandora just opened in the last year or so in Animal Kingdom, I would... More likely use it for one of those rides Just because there's a bigger draw there
1: So Bob Bob kind of got a little ahead for us I, I want to kind of start Because Disney is such a massive undertaking If you're going for your first time And let's just kind of start From the beginning of the planning Like when would you go Okay When are some of the off-peak times Like if yeah. you had the entire year You didn't have specific times in the summer with kids There's not like the mm-hmm. holiday or uh, spring breaks when would be the best time to go just from strictly like weather and maybe, uh, off peak?
2: Okay. So, um, we've gone in the fall. Uh, the fall is very popular now. Um, when we first went, it wasn't so much, um, they have the wine and food festival, um, in Epcot. So that used to be a great time to go. Um, you know, you'd have your bouts of rain, but then, you know, and it's still warm enough to do the pool or do a water park, but it's, you know, it's nice enough also at times to walk around and and not be so hot. Um, Last year we went in February and we thought the weather was great. I mean, crowds were low. Um, You could walk around with a light sweatshirt on and it was was great. Right now, what I'm reading is uh, trends like are going down for the summer where that was a really high volume um, of crowd it's not so much anymore. I think people want to stay away from the really hot weather. So people are going more so, um, you know, early March, late February type of of time. And then, um, also in the fall.
1: Okay. So you've got those, those times of year, and then you recommended six to seven days, if it's your first time, just to be able to hit the parks at least once. Um, and then in terms of budget, obviously the flights vary. If you're not flying, that's even better, Mm -hmm. but say you're in the Northeast and you're flying from either like Boston, New York or Philly, um, what are typical flight costs? And like, did you, do you prefer to go like Monday to Monday, Wednesday to Wednesday, something like that? Yeah.
2: So we've, uh, just, we just booked a trip. We're going Wednesday to Wednesday and, um, from Philly um I can go right to the airport go to Spirit um their desk their front desk and I can get um flights and it kind of it knocks off any fees that you would get from ordering online or booking online booking on the phone um so I can go there right now um or I booked a flight for 180 for for 3 seats basically round trip and it was 180 without bags but I feel like That, you know, that deal was great and can't really beat that.
1: Wait, so you're saying it was 60 bucks a person round trip? Yes. From Philly? Yes. To Orlando? To
2: Orlando.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. So when she told me that, I've never heard of that technique for buying airline tickets ever. You know, everything that I've done, you know, research wise or have read about is always... It's always ways to find tickets cheap online. Just do your research that way. There's never been an article that I've seen that says go to the airport, go to the front desk and ask the person right then and there when the cheapest tickets they have, you know, what the cheapest tickets they have are for for whatever your destination is. I'm curious to know where what other destinations are available that way.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know Spirit does it. Um like I said, they they knock off these like processing fees for doing it over the phone or booking online, but and I'm not entirely sure if any other airline does offer this. Um but yeah, I know Spirit, that's the of the only one and they do it out of Philly and Atlantic City airports.
1: Okay. I know in I'm in the Harrisburg area, so they're legion actually has fairly cheap flights as well, but I never even, with the advent of the internet, I never really even thought to go purchasing at the uh, front desk or like the time that I wanted to fly or even before, but I guess before the internet, it was either common to do it at the desk or uh, via phone.
2: Right. And
0: so how far in advance do you have to do this? You're, you're going today to, for tickets for your next trip and when do you think you're going to go?
2: Right. So uh, the last time we went six months plus in advance and, and we had ju- we just said, you know, what's the cheapest weekends that you have in February? This time I did research online and saw that the cheapest online were from a Wednesday to Wednesday, like in late March. So um, we are going today to the airport and knowing that they're the cheapest online, I'm just going to ask for those same dates there and, you know, hopefully get some money knocked off from the the overall
0: cost, yeah, you'll have to let me know what ends up happening with that. I'm I'm pretty curious.
2: Yeah.
1: So then my ne- my next logical step would be to find lodging. I've been to Disney World three times. Uh once at like ten years old, once at sixteen, and I think once at eighteen. Both of my teen years were with adult or sorry high school programs. <laughs> um, and so I never had to plan any kind of the, any of the lodging whatsoever, and I'm. I'm curious, do you have to stay at Disney or like with the Airbnb being really popular, can you stay at one of those? What do you recommend?
2: So for me, um, with two young kids now, I would probably not even consider staying off property at this point until they're older. Um, Because, you know, when you stay off property, you lose some of the perks as far as like transportation. And granted, there's so many Hotels around the Orlando area that probably do provide transportation. But you know if you're looking to rent a car or you know take other transportation, you're you're still having to you know drive up to Disney, get in through the regular gates and whatnot. and and to me that adds time, money for parking, what have you, frustration, whereas Disney is very good at making everything very convenient for you. And so at this point, I mean, I always prefer to stay on site.
1: Okay. Well, and as far as I understand the airports, there's the Orlando, what's the, there are two in Orlando, the Orlando international and the one North of it. But I think both of them, Disney provides shuttles so that you don't even need to rent a car. You can actually go directly from the airport to your lodging site. And if you're staying on site you probably wouldn't even need to rent a car. No, so not at all. You're avoiding that expense entirely.
2: Right. So yeah, from the airport, you have the magical express and then, um, at each resort, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, depending on where you're staying throughout Disney world, I mean, there there's, and let me just mention, there's three types of resorts. There's value, moderate and, um, the, the villas and whatnot. And, um, I mean, I've only ever stayed at value because they are exactly what you know they're called. They are value resorts. Um, You save, or it's the most budget friendly, especially for families. But each resort has at least busing available, um, Disney buses, and then you know, the closer you get to Magic Kingdom, for example, you know, um, you have the monorail, which can take you to Magic Kingdom or Epcot, and And of course, they're going to be your, uh, you know, higher up, you know, on the scale resorts, you know, a little bit nicer, a little bit um, more upscale, basically.
1: And then what are the, as far as it being a little more budget friendly, um, what are the price comparisons between the value, the moderate and the villas?
2: Well, to be honest, like I don't really know what the actual like price differences are. Like basically like your value resorts, they kind of well, you know, they start at like 99 per night. Um can be cheaper if you're going during like a discounted time. Um so like the package that we were just able to get is at a value resort and you're saving like 20% off of like the total cost.
0: Wow.
1: That's actually much better than I thought it was gonna be I, I always assumed that because Disney always promoted its packages and all of that kind of thing that the hotel price was or not the hotel, but the lodging price kind of included meals but are the meals
2: separate? so yes um Disney also has like their dining plan so they have a quick service dining plan which is just basically like your walk up it's it's quick you don't you're not being being served. <laughs> Um, and then there's the Disney dining plan, which is your you have your choice of a table service or a quick service. Um, you get so many per day. So you you might eat, for the Disney dining plan you you get two snacks, a quick service and a table service per night of your stay and per, per for per person in your party. So um, and then there's a, a the next um, level up is like the Disney, Dining plan deluxe, and that you get a little bit more from that. You might get yeah. two table service. I've never done that one. Um, we typically stay at the quick service one um, because we, at this point in our stay at Disney, we don't really want to sit down or ha- and waste time on meals. If that makes sense, kind of just rather have yeah. the yeah. flexibility of choosing when to eat rather than making reservations and having to stick to it.
1: Okay, Amanda's aunt and uncle, they love 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 Disney. That is like their trip that they save for and go pretty much every other year. And they are early 40s, maybe late 30s, I'm not sure which, but they don't have kids but they they love the whole aspect that Disney will service you and their great hospitality. Um the food is actually quite incredible as far as they say it. I know it can be really expensive if you're just going to the park without a dining plan and you're just trying to buy like a hamburger, um, but they absolutely love it. And I mean, I know I never really got into it and I never really understood it, but the more like you talk about it, the more they talk about it, it would be kind of nice to have everything taken care of. Um, and the one question I did want to ask regarding the food. So do the different dining options, what are the, are they priced per day?
2: They are. So you're able to see, and, and this is where I feel like, um, it might depend per person per like, the, you know, the people in your party, um, you'll, you're able to look up and see the breakdown, how much you're paying per day. If you look at the menus of the different like restaurants and whatnot and you can, you know, you say this is what I would probably get and this is what my husband would get and this is what my child would get. That's and you look at what you're spending on one meal. Most of the time, it does make sense to do the dining plan. Um, I mean, it's definitely an added expense that I can see where some people would say, I'm just not interested. But again, I mean, the convenience factor is there. Um, You really don't have to, at this point, pull out any money or credit cards. I mean, Disney gives you this magic band that is just everything and, and your credit card can be put on that. So it's just like everything is just so easy and so like convenient. And that is, I think why people end up going with these packages and doing like the dining plan. Um, because it does just, you're just immersed in this world and you don't really have to think basically you are just out there doing your thing and having a good time.
1: All right. How much are the dining plans?
2: Again, it's, it's per day or per night for your length of the stay. So it varies, but like, for example, the quick service, I think comes out to be between like 60 and 70 dollars per day for an adult so if you factor in like per meal you're getting you know your meal um, a drink and um, they've taken away the sides because they they've given you more snacks like to just use but um yeah if you look at that I mean you're spending upwards of fifteen dollars per meal and then you know add in your snacks add in you know all that stuff yeah it does it does kind of
0: yeah when it's broken down like that it doesn't seem as bad as i originally thought
1: yeah if you're super frugal like me can you bring food can you bring your own food yeah so so, really i always thought that they like checked your bed yeah
2: you disney there's no restrictions to food i mean when we go we utilize a company called instacart um we pre-order before we leave, like the day before we leave, um, but cases of water, um, any snacks that we, you know, might not be able to get in the parks or in at the resort. So we have that delivered to the resort after we've arrived. And that's what we do for water. I mean, I don't, I don't waste my snacks or anything on bottles of water and the water from the fountains are at best questionable like the taste, definitely <laughs> not like quenching my thirst on a hot day. So we bring our own waters, you can bring as many into the park as you want. I've never gotten stopped for anything like that. And um, I will say that you can also use your snacks for bigger items. And there's so many things online that will show you like, you know, how to get the, the bang for your buck, basically with the snacks, you can get something in the morning that would constitute as like a breakfast food, if you, you know if you like bagels or something you can use that so you can definitely use the dining plan to your advantage and get you know like i said more bang for your buck
1: okay ellie do you have any more questions on not not on the dining but i mean i essentially i'm getting to the where i kind of want to break down the cost of each one and then i want to get into the experience because for bob i know most of his questions are that it is disney is notoriously known as being extremely expensive And I've never seen the cost of it. I've never actually intended to go to Disney. I've never planned a trip there. So I don't know what the actual costs are. I think my parents have pretty much paid for everything the last three times I went. So, I mean, so far we're at what, 100 a night, 180 in flights, 70 a day for food. So, I mean, minus the lodging and the food is the only daily expense, which is roughly 170 to 200 bucks. so that doesn't seem that bad to have lodging and food at 200 a day. And then the only other expense seems like it's just the entrance to the parks.
2: Yeah, I think that's where that – that is a big expense. I think that's where you kind of find, um, you know, over the years, like, you know, how can I save in that aspect? Um, there's third-party vendors who, like, sell – tickets um and you can get them for a much cheaper price than you would just buying them through disney and disney is really good about that i mean it's not you know they don't really frown upon it like I, i called to book our resort let them know i had purchased through a third party and they're like that's fine you can go on the website add it in with your confirmation code and and that's it so i mean we saved i would say like Almost three hundred dollars uh, with going through Park Savers. Wow! Um, ParkSavers dot com. Um, we also, uh, my husband gets them gets a discount through work, so we've bought bought them through there. Um, so there are ways to save in that aspect as well.
1: Okay, what is a typical entrance fee for one of the parks?
2: Um, they start at one hundred and nine per day, but the more the more days you buy, the the lower the price. So like, like
0: bulk discounting.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And the 109 per day, what does that include?
2: That includes entrance to one park throughout, you know, that day. I mean,
0: and, and every ride within that park.
2: Yes, there's, yeah, there's no type of restrictions. Like, you know, the, it's not like you, you can't do certain attractions or anything. It's whatever's okay. in that park.
1: So the only thing that you pay for once you're inside the park is maybe food and souvenirs. Exactly. Okay.
2: Disney does have like a park hopper option, so when you're booking, you know, a package, you might you might want to do just base tickets where you can enter one park one like per day, but you can also add the park hopper option for a little bit more money, and you can go in as many parks in one day as you can. So you might start at Magic Kingdom in the morning, go back to your resort, what you know, take a break, and then go back to Epcot at night for dinner and fireworks.
1: If you had the energy, what time do the parks open and close? If you wanted to spend the entire day and essentially maximize your worth,
2: um, it varies every day. There's also magic hours, so that if you're staying on site, um, those you know people have the perk of going, you know, maybe eight to nine a.m. where the park opens up to the you know general public at nine. Um, they have later hours. Um, magic Kingdom might be open until like twelve. AM. Um, and those are the times that I feel you kind of do want to maximize. I know it's hard with kids. Um, but those are probably the times that the park is much less crowded. I was able to ride rides that had really long wait times during those magic hours.
0: All right. So one of the things that I'm really interested in is the logistics of planning when, you know, planning your, your itinerary within the park. So to me, each park sort of represents like a mini city and I think that you need to sort of plan it out accordingly. I don't know, I'm sure some people just walk in and just wing it. Elliot probably wouldn't <laughs> do that.
1: But, no, I, but I I hit my rides, my favorite rides first, and then figure out what to do
0: after that. So that so this is what I'm sort of getting to. So that's how you would do it. Me, I would have a predetermined route. Like, you know, maybe I would start maybe I would I would walk in the door and go all the way to the back and work my way back to the to the entrance or something. What's your method?
2: So I, yeah, I mean, you don't want to, for example, in Magic Kingdom, I mean, there's different lands within Magic Kingdom. So you don't want to start at Fantasyland, walk all the way to Frontierland, and then walk all the way back. So I normally schedule my fast passes to be in one general area because once you use those three fast passes, you can go on the app and get more one at a time. You use the next one, then you can pick another one, that sort of thing. So I try and do. Where, you know, we're in the same general area to, you know, all the rides are in the same general area and we're not walking back and forth. Cause that's how, you know, your feet start to hurt and you're going to give up very early in the day. So, um, that's generally how I do it just so, you know, you're, and you're using your time to the best of your ability, like, you know, not having to walk back and forth.
1: Do you have any right, secrets sense. or like secret, uh, plan, not secrets, but like tips uh, or tricks while you're inside the parks to kind of, that maybe not so many people know about?
2: Oh God, I don't know. Um, I mean, we, we utilize the fast passes for, like I said, the most popular rides, the, the longest lines, um, you have an hour to utilize that fast pass. So if, you know, we use one fast pass for, um, Peter Pan's flight for example which is a very popular ride then maybe while we wait for our next fast pass window we go to a ride that we like but most likely you don't need a fast pass for so you know sometimes Dumbo sometimes I don't know it's a small world depending on the day so you know that's what we try and do especially with our girls because they're young and don't want to wait in line I mean that's probably everyone probably knows that one I guess
1: i didn't no i didn't either <laughs> anyone that goes i guess is yeah. What we do. yeah i think i think the last few times i've gone i've pretty much just waited in the line because and watched everyone else like use the fast pass lane and i was like oh yeah i don't
2: they I don't must found, be special like, a line slob but or a line snob but i don't like to do that because i think it's a waste of time so i try not to I won't well, ride a ride if I have to wait in line.
0: This is good information because that's one of my biggest criticisms of Disney in general. I don't know if you've known this, but I just – I don't – I would never understood the aspect of waiting an hour and a half in line for a ride that could potentially only be a minute or two and then getting off that ride and then doing it all over again. And so with some of these tips, you could cut that down, maximize your time in the park. It makes a lot of sense. I
1: have heard uh, – there was an article – and this is probably two years ago now. And it was related to the line cues in Disney and how park like workers and operators like would help people fake a disability to get to the front of the line.
0: Dude. So when and this had I, been
1: going on for like 10 years and like they're finally starting to crack down
0: on it. When I was in, when I went for my senior trip, my friend who had asthma, but it was not an issue, went to the doctor and got a note. Saying that he was unable to wait in lines due to his asthma, we did not wait in a single line while we were in Disney World for the for our senior trip. It was four of us together. We were all given the pass we, when we when we arrived in Disney World. My buddy, his Zach, you guys both know, him, went up to the main, <laughs> the general admission area, handed in his doctor's note. They gave him passes, and then the four of us, two you know, two other friends, we we went past every line and. I mean, we were we were cocky with it. We thought it was the coolest. Thing. We were, you know, sixteen, seventeen years old. Thought it was the coolest thing. We had other classmates waiting in the line. We would purposely go on the ride twice just to walk by them again. It, it was, and so yeah. So I, I'm I'm one of the people that contributed to that.
1: <laughs> good, good to know that. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if years... we'll be doing any more episodes together after
0: that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was it was a long time ago. We were kids. But. I
2: mean, I can't say I've ever tried it. Um. I think, I think Disney, um, like they call them cast members. I, I think that they will help out and and try and make your experience as magical as possible by, you know, helping you maybe skip a line or two. I know the first ride we went on with my daughter, she didn't want to sit down. It was a whole thing. And we ended up having to get off the ride, you know, before it started. And once we calmed her down and, and whatever, and we try got back, went back to the fast pass line. I mean, that's a fast pass wasted and I don't like to waste them. So I went back and I told, gave the cast member our story and told her what happened and she ended up letting us go in without a fast pass. I mean, am I someone that would lie and and, and try and, and get one over on cast members? No, um, but they allowed us to do that. And I felt like that that is a value add that I feel like maybe not many theme parks would do.
0: Yeah, I, I do get the impression that they go out of their way to make sure that everybody has an enjoyable experience. And if in the event someone doesn't, they do what they can to fix it and and to help that person. I do agree with that.
2: Yeah. For a, sure.
1: a small side tangent relating to the cast members. Bob, if you do go to Disney, I heard it's really fun to challenge Gaston to a push-up contest.
0: <laughs> I would totally beat
1: him. No, you wouldn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's a bodybuilder in that costume, or something. Pretty,
1: pretty much. Yeah. There's, there's a great video online about this kid who tries to do some pushups against him, and he's like half going, and Gaston's just like ripping him out, and then Gaston all of a sudden just starts doing one arm pushups, and the kid just dies. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> it's quite funny. I enjoyed it. You have to check it out.
2: I hope I can experience that in <laughs> ten years.
1: Brianna, you could probably beat him. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I know you can do more push-ups than Bob. Well, I do have
2: mom <laughs> strength. That's a, that's a
0: thing. There you go. Yeah, so does Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so Bree, so I'm curious about some of the attractions for adults, uh, whether a couple is going and with children and maybe they're going to go out at night together or they're just going without children at all. I've heard of a few different things that you can do. Do you mind taking me through some of them?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it depends, I think, what your background is I mean I like the classics obviously I like the it's a small world because you know I listened to these songs and and these and watch these movies when I was younger but I mean there are the the thrill rides like your Tower of Terror um the rock and roller coaster with Aerosmith that's you know that's fun if that's what you're looking for Disney doesn't have a, a ton of them because they are family friendly but there are a few or a handful in each park Um, If I was going uh, pre-kids, like back in the day, I probably would go to Epcot and, you know, you can do your drink around the world. There's people put out lists of, you know, what one drink in each country, like which one you should pick. And so I would do maybe something like that. Epcot always has live music. It is more of like an adult friendly atmosphere.
1: Yeah, I think that's what would interest me in going back because I've heard great things about Epcot as an adult. Because when I was Same. in, well, yeah, when I was in high school, I only wanted to ride like the big rides. A because I was, you know, sixteen and eighteen, couldn't drink at all. But it's not like it was on my mind. Um, but Epcot because it has the cultural and all the countries, like the drink around the world, all of the different kinds of food. I know I had like churros and then schnitzel okay. for lunch, mm-hmm. and it was it was awesome. Yeah, and the food is actually really culturally accurate, as far as I remember.
0: Right. Yeah. Same. I would agree with that. When I went for my senior trip, we traveled to a few of the restaurants and I was surprised by they, you know, in, in typical Disney fashion, they go all out. The, the, the waiters and everybody that's in those particular restaurants is playing the part to make you really feel like you're at an authentic restaurant in whatever country you're supposed to be. In. Yeah. I
2: mean, a lot of them aren't even really playing the part. They're actually from those countries because they do, you know, those programs, um, So, yeah, I mean, I know when I went for the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, um, I was pregnant, unfortunately, so I couldn't drink around the world. but I definitely ate around the world. And it was also a good experience. Um, Like you said, it it is culturally accurate. So it's, you know, and I, I think for right now, I know, Bob, you like to travel around the world, like actually, you know, to these actual places, not just around, you know, in Disney. But it is nice to give your children kind of like that look into it and maybe say like, you know, this is something that's actually, you know, this is a little piece of that. And maybe one day we can go to that actual place.
0: Brianna, that might've been the most convincing statement that you have oh, yet wow, to come up with.
2: On the fly too. Um, I didn't plan that.
0: Well, I mean, it just, it clicks. It makes a lot of sense to me because I do care so much about having my daughter grow up, seeing different cultures and understanding the world. That's a good starting point for someone who's maybe very young. Logistically, it's easy because you know they're all all those restaurants are right in a row. Uh, you have people coming from those countries to work there. That is actually a very very good point. It's like their hmm.
1: appetizer to the real. Exactly. Dish, it is. To exactly.
0: The yeah. Yeah. Wow. You just you just opened up a door. Okay. Okay. Huh.
2: We're getting somewhere.
0: So
1: yeah, have you like if you were to plan a trip now? I'm curious. Would you even if like Bob, you have a daughter, Brianna, you have two daughters, would you be interested in taking a trip with like adult only group?
2: Um, yeah, I definitely would. Um, like I said earlier, um, the experience has changed, I think for the better now having my children there. Um, there's, I mean, for me so far in my experiences, there's nothing better than seeing your daughter's just face light up at, seeing all of the things that she watches on TV or in the movies, like be right there, like tangible to her. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would obviously go back anytime. I love it. Um, so I guess, yeah, the short answer would be yes. I would be open to adults only, but I don't know if my all daughter right. would allow us to go without her at this point.
0: That's so, what I'm thinking. Right. Well, just like, tell
1: her, y- tell her you're going to like, Australia. <laughs> What's a country she doesn't know about what, or doesn't like? I will
2: like. not be going to Australia because I do not like bugs and sharks and all those crazy. Things that <laughs> oh, yeah. There, so what about? That's not a good example.
1: What about London?
2: I, I mean, yeah, I, I would do that, but and all but right. I was she would want to come too. So yeah. well, you just
1: have to find a yeah. uh, find a city or a country that she doesn't want to go to, and oh, tell yeah. her you're I, going there.
0: I think once you have kids, it's hard to ever travel without them.
2: Yeah, like, how do, you, how do you tell it. them no? You know, they, they enjoy no. it for <laughs> different reasons. <laughs> oh, you'll learn yeah, one Elliot. day, Elliot. I was, on, I was, Elliot.
0: I, six months ago, I was probably in your shoes oh, and would have yeah. said the same thing. But, uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a switch that changes.
1: We talked a lot about logistics, but I still don't feel like we've had, like, compelling... We've had a few compelling arguments to why we should go or why Bob should go <laughs> compared to... Uh, another country outside the U S but like we haven't talked at all about uh, Hollywood studios, previously MGM studios. Mm -hmm. We haven't really talked about animal kingdom in depth. Uh, Not that we need to, but like, I loved animal kingdom. Animal kingdom was actually probably my favorite. I thought it had like this, the safari that you go on is actually pretty great. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people complain about zoos and all that kind of stuff. But as far as I remember, I i mean, the actual safari trip that you take in Animal Kingdom is quite massive.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it could – unless you were to go on a safari in Africa, I don't know if there's anything else that can provide you with that experience.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was – last year, you know, I had my daughter, you know, sitting – right like at the end like she was basically able to see everything we had a giraffe within like feet of her and that was for her like the coolest experience I mean how many of these experiences can you get in one trip and I think that's what really draws people to this place is because they do offer all these experiences and yeah like the safari for one I mean these animals are so close to you and and where else and they the only thing between you and this animal is this vehicle, but there's, there's no glass. There's nothing. I mean, she, she loved yeah. it. I mean, that
1: was, that was the coolest part to me. Like you're actually, you're just in the vehicle and the animals can walk right up. And I mean, they make it feel like the lions could walk right up. Cause they don't have, they have like the fake, they have the unseen barriers, the yes, like the ha ha's yes. and like the lions couldn't walk right up, but the, the, just the landscape appeared like they could. Right. And you get to see the elephants. I mean, that was the first time I saw an elephant in like, I, I don't think I had seen one in a zoo even. And I always thought that was really cool. But even MGM or Hollywood Studios now has some pretty incredible stuff that Bob, I think you would love. There's like an, a whole Indiana Jones skit. Um, I don't really know if you
0: like Star Wars that much, but now they have like a Star Wars world. Yeah, the the thing that I'm really looking forward to is Jurassic Park. I don't know if that's opened already or what, but I know that they were making Um, one.
2: Well, Jurassic Park, not to be nerdy, is actually affiliated with Universal, um, which is not Disney. So sorry about that. Gotcha. Okay. Because they had
1: Harry – Universal has Harry Potter World too, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: Which is another draw for me. Um, Otherwise, you know, I don't know if I would would go there often. Um, But yeah, so – with uh, Hollywood Studios, yes, they're adding Star Wars Land. Um, Toy Story Land opened up last summer, which I think it is a draw for me. Um, loved those movies growing up. Who doesn't want to see Buzz and Woody, you know, in real life?
0: So will your trip in March, will that be new to that you? That will
2: be new, yes. Okay. That's yeah awesome. and and this is what I really love about it is that now with my daughter I mean she's obviously getting older getting taller there's new rides that she will be able to go on this time so it's like every time we go it is a different experience like she'll be able to go on some of the roller coasters which we previously kind of stayed away from um with her because she couldn't so yeah
0: that's another good point because every time I hear people that go every year like you, who I'm very close with. And I'm always just wondering, you know, how much can it change? How how much different can your experience be? But when they're constantly evolving the park and and taking down rides and putting up new ones to keep up with the new movies, and then you have kids that are growing and being able to experience things in a different way, I could see that, yeah, I could see how different each experience could be. Yeah.
2: I mean, I would say before kids, we probably wouldn't have gone every year. We, I went, in high school, I didn't really think about it again until a couple years, like before I got married, um, I brought, you know, my husband for the first time he had never gone. Um, and then it, again, it was a couple years later. I said, okay, maybe a, a group of friends we can go. That'll be fun. But it was really until I had kids that we started going every single year and not on purpose. I mean, we'll, we'll come back and we'll be like, all right, all right, let's maybe try something different next year. And then we always end up going back.
0: Yeah.
1: Amanda's never been and I think one of the big draws for her is yeah we'll spend a few days in Disney but I think she really wants to see Harry Potter World. Mm. She is a huge Harry Potter nerd. Yeah. And so is my sister, but I I had always wanted to go to Universal Studios because I know that's a little more like roller coastery and a little more thrill like yeah. instead of just like disney which has a lot of interaction but it's a little toned down because it's more family oriented
2: yeah um i i love harry potter myself so we always we will go to universal for a day it's I'll, i like universal it's a lot different than from disney it, it is louder more adult, like very like you'll walk through the you know want the superhero section and it's just so loud and I didn't think about that until after I had kids like you know that was when I was like all right I want to go back to Disney I want to listen to the the soft music in the background and just you know not feel like everything's all crazy in your face but yes I would say at for if I was suggesting for two adults to go one of them it being their first time I feel like that trip would be a lot, I would suggest things that would be a lot different, obviously.
0: Right. Yeah, makes sense.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I'm actually, I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to go to Disney again
0: now. <laughs> I, you know, I'm looking at it differently. You've you've opened up windows to this trip that I did not think about before we had this conversation. So, I mean, and and after our conversation, I realized that, it's not as expensive as I thought it was. Logistically speaking, it's not as hard as I thought it was. And then the experience is different than I originally thought with, you know, I'm a, I was always afraid that I was going to go there and I, my daughter wasn't going to get this experience that I, she would get it traveling to a different country and she could, except just maybe in tiny doses. And I, I like that idea.
2: When we go, we are immersed in this world and and everything you know we don't have to think about reality for 5 days 7 days what have you and all you have is each other and, and enjoying each other and doing all these things together and i feel like that's what makes it really special for us you know when we leave I, i'm i'm crying i i'm teary eyed and it makes me emotional because i i feel like you know that time was so great and you don't get that at home like you don't have that one on one time all the time and I feel, I'm like getting emotional now, and I feel like I want to record this. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think that's what makes it special for us is that you don't get that everyone's being pulled in different directions and with work and cleaning the house and and when we go there, it's just us. And I think that's what's really special right. for us.
1: That is, and I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way before. Uh, and I know when I travel, like Amanda and I are constantly thinking about of like prices for food, what we're going to do the next day. And there is something to be said when you're in Disney and you don't have to think about anything. And you just have constant something constantly on your plate for food and to do. You don't have to think about it at all until you leave. And like there's no worrying about driving. You're just getting on the monorail. You're going to one of the parks and you've got your day planned out. And it's not just like a oh we're gonna do this thing and see it and it takes an hour. You are there for upwards of twelve hours.
0: Right. This seems to be so. You guys know this. My wife will definitely vouch for this. But I'm I'm a very like go 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 type of guy. I like to be moving and always doing something and planning things out. And this sort of and so and so that being said, I've always been against these all inclusives where you just show up to a resort and you lay down for an entire week and you drink and you eat it's just not my it's just not it doesn't do it for me i just i'm not i don't enjoy laying around for that long but this kind of is like a middle ground where everything's paid for it isn't all-inclusive your meals are figured out you don't need to do too much planning everything's in one area and at the same time you're constantly moving you're constantly doing something new you're not just laying around and staring at an ocean so it's it's this weird middle ground conjoining the all-inclusive relaxing vacation, but then still the fast-paced, adventurous sort of yeah. experience.
2: I mean, Disney is, I think, I mean, you can make it whatever you want it to be. And there's, you know, aspects of it that can be that relaxation. You know, if if you're going for a long time, you can kind of include those days of, of relaxing and recharging, and then you can go back to the fast pace. It, it's whatever you want it to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not going to commit, but you have you have the wheels turning a little okay, bit more
2: okay. I'll take it. today
0: I'll take it. than before. <laughs> so just to
1: wrap things up, to get all of that for a seven-day experience, uh, just based on some of the numbers that you threw out earlier and extrapolating out for a four-person family, if it was just two adults and two kids, it would still be under 2,000 for a week, in including everything that's flights that's lodging that's meals that's park entrances and that's on the higher end if you're doing the budget and the lower end dining plan
2: right i mean it and all that it is depending on time time of the year um you know what packages they have out there, what discounts you can get. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely an expensive trip, but it's doable to cut some of those costs. And that's kind of like what I enjoy doing at this point. It's it's something that's more familiar to me. And I'm now working on how can I save us and other people some money. You know, I I like to help my friends and family when they're planning their first trips or what you know what have you just to help them save a little money as well. So it's definitely doable. You can do it you know, whatever your budget is.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So if and, people, and-
1: if people wanted to like get in contact with you, um, would you be, would you feel comfortable at least sharing an email or a way to contact?
2: Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I do this with, like I said, a lot of my friends and family. Um, I've created an email because as much as I love going to Disney, I also like helping people plan it. It, i get excited for them so um anyone can email me at brianna with two n's dot disney travels at com, and i'm happy to answer any questions and help out as best i can
1: all right and we'll we'll put that in the show notes on
0: our website as well awesome awesome well brianna thank you very much for coming on the show really appreciate your time today
2: thank you for having me i appreciate talking about the place i love
0: Okay, so I do not want to publicly commit to anything right now, but she did make some really good points, uh, including her opinion on Epcot around the world theme. I I never really put it in perspective like that, so I'm intrigued at this point. I will admit I'm viewing Disney slightly different than I did before the podcast, but again, I am not 100% sold yet, and I know she's listening, and I know she now knows she still has work to do. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I... I didn't even think about this. So you know how I've told you
1: that my family does a two-year Christmas reunion every other year. And this year it is my aunt and uncle that live in Orlando. So the first time I went to Disney was when we went to visit them 17 years ago, 18 years ago. And now we're going again. So now I can go to Disney as an adult. And I think Amanda and I are going to spend a few days there before and after Christmas. And see how it goes i mean i'm kind of excited and i think amanda is a little excited too we might try to do
0: universal we'll see i think that you have to reach out to brianna now because she heard you say that and if you don't she will be mad at you get on she actually just she just (laughs) texted me this is totally live
1: But no, yeah, I'm definitely going to reach out to her and ask her for some suggestions.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how your your experience goes and what your opinion is because we're pretty much aligned as far as um, what we look for in trips and how we like to travel. So yeah, I'm excited to talk to you and hear about your experience.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that is, that is it for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening and hopefully we'll uh, catch you next time.